0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Blue Wire.
2: With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select Pene Sewell.
1: Tackle, Oregon.
2: He's gonna
0: run it straight in! Jared goal. Yes.
3: Cork gets yes. down, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkins! Yes. They did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always. Here, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing good today, and we got ourselves a very, very special guest, Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network. Uh, pleased to have you today we're going to talk a little draft today and we're going to have some other NFL topics to talk about and before we get into that the Lions actually just had some breaking news before we started this recording and they actually have informed defensive end Trey Flowers that he will be in will be released and he will now be a free agent so with that move it most likely will probably free up about 10.4 million dollars in captives for the Detroit Lions so adding more cap space kind of a unanimous move it seemed like this whole offseason that we were preparing for this. So mm-hmm. that obviously will open up some more cap space for the lines. So Tony, now you see this move with Trey flowers, this kind of came a little unexpected. Didn't know it was going to happen instantly before you would come on, but does this mean anything for the lines for, as far as free agency, do you think this could uh, mean anything for them?
1: Well, I don't think they're going to spend big money on any free agent, uh, pass rushes out there. I mean, the pass rushes that are available are decent. I think, uh, Z'Darrius Smith, the green Bay will eventually be added into the mix. Um, uh, but I, I think what it means is that, you know, where they are sitting in the draft, they expect a pretty good pass rusher to fall into their laps, whether it be, uh, whether it be Aiden Hutchinson or, or, or uh, you know, if they're high on came on Thibodeau, it is a good pass rusher draft. So I think that's one of the ways that they're going to look, uh, once the, the draft rolls around.
3: It's a Tony. So I don't know if you saw that the lions are planning to, you know, Messing around with their scheme a little bit, go to more of the traditional 4 3. Then, and obviously, they're going to have multiple different fronts. But do you think, you know, looking at this draft with Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, that's obviously been the big question since we've heard about these two prospects for this draft. Uh, who, who do you think fits more traditionally with this Lions new look on defense? I, you know, I'd say if you're going
1: go the 4 3, I think Aiden Hutchinson is the better 4 3 defensive end. Uh, Where Thibodeau is a guy who can stand over tackle. He can come out of a three-point stance. Uh, Thibodeau is the better athlete. Hutchinson is the sturdier player. So I think Hutchinson in a 4-3 is going to hold up better against the run uh, as opposed to Thibodeau. I have Thibodeau rated slightly higher than Hutchinson on my board because he's more athletic. I think you can do more things with him. But in a traditional 4-3, I I would like Hutchinson a little bit better.
3: Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. All right. So just, you know, this is year two. Now we're getting into Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell. I'm just so far. What's been your thoughts of those guys? You know, since they've taken over last draft class, he found some good players, Panay Suha pick number seven, and then he got Amon Ross and Brown in the fourth round. He ended up being really, really good for this football team towards the end of the season. So what's your been your perception of these two guys after one year? I mean, on paper, it looks good, and some of those guys produced. Now you got to change.
1: You got to look, turn that uh, those flashes in, into victories. Because once again, the win and loss record was horrible. But I think, I, I think the signs are pointing in the right direction. Uh, but you got to start to really convert the, uh, all those promising draft picks in, into victories, and hopefully for the, the Lions, the franchise, and their fans uh, you know, this coming April, May will be another step in the right direction.
2: Yeah. Um, so Tony, we've seen like a lot of links to receivers and particularly Alan Robson because he's he's from Detroit. Uh, any free agents that are linked to the Lions that you've heard of?
1: As far as free agent, uh, receivers, no, not yet. I I mean, I, I was in at the combine, which is really where free agency takes off. I haven't heard of any, but to be honest with you, I really wasn't, uh, you know, uh, paying attention to the Lions as far as free agent receivers are concerned. As I posted from the combine, I know that they like a kid by the name of Wendell Robinson from Kentucky, uh, who's probably a third round pick. He's a slot receiver return specialist who's got a great amount of upside. Uh, But as far as the free agents are concerned, I I have no information on that.
3: Okay. All right. And then you mentioned one draft prospect right now. And then obviously the Lions worked at the Senior Bowl as well. Is there any other receivers that we could potentially be looking at for the Lions that be, be connected with the Lions in this, this upcoming draft?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure they're going to go through there, you know, for the board. I have a better idea of that probably the week before the draft. I don't know, you know, that they are, except for Wendell Robinson. I've not heard of any other ones. Of course they did uh, coach uh, or have access to a lot of good receivers uh, at the senior bowl, whether it be Christian Watson of North Dakota State, Jalen Tolbert of South Alabama, Bull Melton, who had a tremendous combine. Uh, they were all there at the senior bowl, Calvin Austin, another kid. Um, but as far as, you know, the process is still being played out. You had the combine, you had the combine interviews, you'll have the pro day workouts. I'm sure the Lions as a staff will travel around the nation to work these guys out individually, uh, whether it be, you know, the entire staff or just the uh, the position coaches. Obviously you've got your 30 man visits, uh, and then as we get closer to the draft, I think you'll have a better feel on it, or at least I'll have a better
3: uh, finger on the pulse. Yeah, Antonio, so, I, I got a question too. When you compare these other draft classes to this one, as far as receivers, um, where would you rank? Because you know the last couple of years we've heard about some really good receiving classes, and they've produced in the NFL so far. So where do you put these? Where do you put this class compared to some other ones we've seen in the past? Obviously,
1: it's not as good, but then again, we, we've been spoiled with back-to-back uh, receiver classes that were just sensational. I, I think it's a solid class, but I think it pales in comparison to what we've seen previously, only because you know what happens is when you constantly have underclassmen coming out at one position, whether it be uh, juniors or, or redshirt sophomores, eventually that position is going to be diluted uh, when it comes draft time. And that's exactly what we're seeing now at the, at the receiver position because it's been so rich in the past. But still, I, I mean, I think there's good depth. I think the guys at the top are solid, though they have question marks. But rounds two, three, and four, you know, you're going to be able to get good number three receivers, good slot receivers, good receivers that can be fourth receivers and double up as return specialists, and receivers that have a decent amount of upside potential.
2: Yeah, so today you actually reported that Eric Johnson was in Allen Park on official 30 to
1: Detroit today. What could you tell us about Eric Johnson? Yeah, Johnson is a guy who really has had a good pre-draft process. He's a quick, explosive, one-gap type of defensive tackle. Uh, actually, been, very well suited for a four-man front, which, you, you know, as you just said, uh, the Lions are likely to going to go to. 6'4", uh, about 300 pounds had a tremendous week of practice at the NFLPA game where he basically dominated the action there, uh, was then invited to the Senior Bowl. He's not a con- he wasn't invited to the Combine, which is why he's going to be very busy in the offseason because when you don't go to the Combine, uh, you know the, the interviews really don't take place, although a lot of those interviews would have taken place at the Senior Bowl. But more importantly, there weren't any medical exams. So teams that are interested in Eric Johnson are going to have to bring him in, give him those physicals, probably do a little bit of uh, board work with them and, and then take it from there. Not surprised that they would bring them in. And I, I would expect Eric Johnson to be very busy in the coming weeks.
2: All right. Um, where do you project him to go? Like fifth, six, something around there? Right now is a
1: mid 6 round choice.
2: mid 6 round choice. Okay. okay. So, obviously, the Jaguars, they tag Cam Robson. There's some speculation that they could take Hutchinson, who a lot of fans in Detroit love. If that happens, what do you think Detroit does at number two? Do they try to take Thibodeau? Do they maybe try to explore a trade, which will be kind of hard?
1: Uh, what do you think they'll do? Well, I, I mean, Thibodeau's is my highest-rated uh, player, uh, or the highest-rated player on my board, I should say. But there are some red flags about him. And I wrote this story, I believe it was on Thursday or Friday at, at the Combine. You know, There were some concerns that uh, Thibodeau is not really focused on football. And this was before he did just the 40 and bolted on the Combine uh, a combine workouts. I don't know that he's a Dan Campbell type of player, uh, although he is the type of player that if Dan Campbell can tap into. He's got tremendous upside. Uh, if Aiden Hutchinson's gone, I think they would like to trade down. I I think it's basically you know anybody's guess at that at this point in time. I should say uh, safety. I, I can't see them taking Kyle Hamilton. I've stated all along. I think Kyle Hamilton is is ridiculously overrated. Never had him as a top pick, even though some were grading him as a top player in the draft. You know, they need a wide receiver. There's no wide receiver uh, in this draft that's worth being a top 10 pick, never mind a top three selection. Um, So I I think it's a situation where, you know, it may be difficult for them to uh, trade down unless uh, word leaks out that the Houston Texans have their eye on one guy. Then that play may come into pick. But still, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, March 10th. We still have, what, six, seven weeks before the draft. So I, I wouldn't be worried about right now trying to figure out who the Lions are going to select at number two.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Oh, you know, we've heard Trayvon Walker had a very, very good combine. And now I've even seen around mixed mixed with him potentially being a top three, top five selection. Is there anything there for the Lions to pick number two? Not, not with Trayvon Walker. I think Trayvon
1: Walker could be a top eight pick, top ten pick. But number two is a little bit too rich for my blood. I, I've been a big fan of Trayvon Walker. I know that people say, well, he doesn't have the pass rushing production. But if I, I say, watch the film. Because they didn't ask him to rush the passer all the time. They asked him at times to basically stay at the line of scrimmage with gap assignments. Sometimes they had him drop off the line into coverage on zone blitzes because they had guys like Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker who were able to fly up the field and blitz. They asked Trayvon Walker to do a lot of different things. Uh, He's an athletic guy, as we saw at the Combine. He's got size. He's got growth potential. But as far as being the second pick of the draft, I I mean – I like David Ajabu a lot myself. Uh, But again, even though Ajabu, I think uh, the second pick of the draft is a bit early
3: uh, for him. And one more question as we're on the Georgia topic right now. Jordan Davis, also another freak at the Combine. I mean, I don't think there's any much speculation to consider him a top three pick. But do you think, where where do you see his draft value now after the Combine? Well, I was always high on Jordan Davis. I always had him on my
1: board as a top 12 guy. And I think people were missing on Jordan Davis. I I thought it was crazy that he was being pigeonholed or, or, or basically classified as a two down defender. And I said, just watch the film the past two years. I mean, Jordan Davis was, you know, a, a consistent force for Georgia on the defensive line who not only controlled the, the line of scrimmage, but was able to turn and change direction and get out to the flanks and make plays in pursuit, which was absolutely amazing. And Jordan Davis, like Trayvon Walker, was in a situation where at Georgia, they had just so much talent and that defensive front seven that they were able to rotate guys in, and one guy was better than the next guy. Uh, So I I have right now Jordan Davis is number six on my board. I think he's a terrific three-down defender. I think he's a scheme versatile guy that you could use at nose tackle. You could use him uh, at tackle in a four-man front. I even think you can put him at defensive end in certain three-man, one-gap systems. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for Jordan Davis, but I've always thought that about
3: Jordan Davis. That's fair enough. And then now going on to the quarterbacks, because this one, like we said, there's not really that top quarterback in this draft like people are presuming to be. Do you think there's anything there potentially with the Lions – Being something there at number two, or do you think it's just something they'll probably pass up on and just roll with Jared Goff for another year?
1: Yeah. If the Lions select a quarterback at number two and I'm a season ticket holder, I'm demanding a refund. I mean, because there's no quarterback in this draft that is worthy of being a top 10 pick. Some of these guys are solid. I mean, Kenny Pickett is solid, Matt Corral is solid. You got a guy like Malik Willis who has a tremendous amount of upside. But he's also got a lot of downside risk, and he's very—he needs a lot of polish on his game. And it's a situation with, with Malik Willis where you may have to, like Trey Lance, Pat Mahomes, you know, sideline him his rookie year and let him learn. Matt Corral is, you know, sort of the wild card here. I like Matt Corral, but he's got to go from playing in that wide open Lane Kiffin system to an NFL offensive system. So why am I rambling on about these guys? There's just no Trevor Lawrence types in this year's draft. There's no Justin Fields. There's no uh, Zach Wilson that basically, even though Kenny Pickett had a great senior season, it it was not like Zach Wilson a year ago. And and on top of that, I mean, quarterbacks have consistently been overdrafted. I mean, we've seen that time and time again. And and I think this year would be the worst year to
3: overdraft the quarterback. And then just to go on, because I see a bunch of different mock drafts coming from whoever it may be, come from any network and, I'm always against taking a quarterback usually late in the draft. What's your perception on taking quarterbacks at like pick 32 where the Lions have that second first round pick or just ultimately late first round, maybe early second round picks. What's your perception on those type of picks on quarterbacks?
1: I, I, I'm not against it. I mean, if you have a highly rated quarterback and you're called to the board and it's the 32nd or 33rd quarterback uh, uh, pick of the draft and you've got a highly rated guy, you know, go for it, grab him. I mean, why would, why does a quarterback have to be a top 15 pick? How many co- top 15 quarterbacks or how many quarterbacks were selected in the top 15 turned into ultimate busts and basically were, were wasted picks? So, uh, you know, you get good players at any position whenever you can, according to your board. Uh, I I would disagree with the thought process that once you get out of the first round, you can't get a good quarterback or you shouldn't draft a uh, draft a quarterback because he may not be as good as a guy that went top 10 or
3: top 15 that year. So do you think in this draft, with there being so many question marks at the quarterback position that could be a potential something for the lines at 32 or even 34? I think there will be a good quarterback there, but again, it depends on how that quarterback
1: stacks up to the rest of the players uh, on the Lions board, you know, if you get a good pass rusher who falls out of the uh, uh, out of the top five, you know, they, they've got needs at safety. You're going to have some real good safeties at the top of uh, round two. Uh, again, I, I wouldn't reach for a quarterback, but if the quarterback is the highest rated player on your board, that's probably a direction I would look at.
2: OK. Um, so they did. I think I believe it was you who actually said they did have a formal meeting with Desmond Ritter. Is that just like, uh, just like meeting with him, or is there actually some interest
1: in Ritter? Do you know that or? Well, I, I mean, you're only going to meet with the guy if you are interested in him. Now, you know, the formal meeting. They also had him at the Senior Bowl, and, and what's happened right. is the Senior Bowl interviews have become as important as the combine interviews because what happens is teams go to the Senior Bowl. And they knock out as many uh, interviews as they can to give themselves extra time or to give have the availability of interviewing different players at the combine. So obviously, you know the interest is there. You're not just going to sit down with a guy and waste time with them. Uh, I would. I did not report that, so I'm not going to take credit for that. Oh, somebody, I'm sorry, someone else. That's okay. I just don't want to take credit for somebody else's work. Lord knows they only take credit for my work. Um, uh, you know, so obviously the, the interest for them to sit down and spend the time with them, the interest has got to be there.
3: Yeah. Okay. And then we've seen this so far trademark market be crazy for quarterbacks. We saw Russell Wilson, what he got for. And then there was obviously a bunch of interest with Aaron Rodgers before he officially committed to the Packers. And then we saw Carson Wentz a couple days ago, just get traded. Do you think there's anything, a possibility of Jared Goff? Maybe a team just gets really, really desperate with all these teams needing a lot of teams needing quarterbackers to say. Is there a possibility you think Goff could be shipped off the season, or do you think it's just something that will probably be opened up maybe next year if he's not their guy?
1: Well, I mean, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's yep. gonna be uh eventually trading. You're likely to have Deshaun Watson. We'll know uh Probably by the end of this week, what the legal situation is, I would suggest to people they hang on to or they check out Pro Football Network because one of our guys, Aaron Wilson, has been very close to that situation as far as breaking news is concerned. Uh, So, you know, before there's any thought for Goff, uh, and I don't think really Goff is going to bring in a lot of draft picks, you've got those other two quarterbacks that I think are going to be – that are coveted more, Uh, obviously with the asterisk next to Deshaun Watson that – you have to see if there's any
3: legal issues um, pending. Yeah, it's fair enough. I just brought up the question maybe because there's multiple teams that need quarterbacks and maybe a team gets desperate that the Lions can't refuse a deal. I mean, that's we'll see. Um, but, there's, you, there's, but there's always teams that need quarterbacks. You yeah. know,
1: Part of the problem is,
3: uh, you know,
1: I, I, I talked before about how there are so many busts at quarterback the, that are selected in top 15. Half of the equation – Is drafting the right guy. The other half is developing that player. is is correctly coaching him. I mean, there just as many quarterbacks fail because of poor coaching as they do because they're just not good quarterbacks. You look, I'm in New York. You look at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold as a rookie, everybody was doing backflips over him. I mean, couldn't wait because he he showed so much promise. In comes Adam Gase, who just destroyed his career. So, um, you know, trading for a quarterback or getting a quarterback is half the equation the other half and the most important half is developing and coaching that quarterback correctly.
3: Right. Absolutely.
2: So um, the Lions have a massive need that CJ said, and Tracy Walker is currently a free agent. So who are some guys maybe early day two on day three that Detroit
1: could go after day three? I, I think it really falls off day three. I like the safeties in the second round. Uh, early part of round three Lewis scene of Georgia, I think is a sensational free safety covers a lot of area. You can put him over the slot receiver and he's not a liability. As I've said in the past couple of weeks before the combine, I think Lewis seen in round two is better value than Kyle Hamilton at the top of round one. Uh, I also like, I Nick cross. I like Nick cross of Maryland. Uh, Jalen Petrie of, of Baylor is a terrific player. Jaquan Brisker, although he's more bottom half of round two. Jaquan Brisker of Penn State's a good player. Daxton Hill, when you get in the round three, Vernon McKinley of uh, Oregon, a little bit short at 5'10 and a half, but a real good player against the run, good in coverage. Kirby Joseph, six foot, one half inch, uh, coming off a terrific senior year, a guy who really wasn't even graded by scouts coming into the uh, season. had a terrific year, had a real good senior week of senior bowl practices, solid combine. You're looking at late, uh, late third round. You can get decent guys later on a uh, uh Turner yell from uh, Oklahoma is a good cornerback, even though he's a little bit shorter Ryan cook of Cincinnati. Who's got a, a, a shoulder issue. I don't think he's going to work out before the, uh, uh, before the draft, uh, is another good guy. Uh, You'll
3: be able to get a decent safety at some point
1: in the draft, but I really like the safeties on day two.
3: I like that you brought up the point we're saying Kyle Hamilton, even though he'll probably go in the top half and it's probably a better prospect than these guys you just mentioned, but you're getting better value in the second round. And I think we see it every year. Pass rushes are hard to get and they're very crucial to winning football games. So for you, is it kind of pass rusher or bust for the Lions at pick number two? No,
1: I, I mean they're going to get a good player. Now you know if you're a Lions fan and you have your heart set on one of the pass rushers, it could be in your mind or in your heart, you know, pass rusher or bust. But they're going to be able to get a good player uh, w- with the second pick of the draft. It may not be the player that a lot that some people want. It may not be at the position that uh, Lion fans want, but they will be able to get a good uh, a good player. And again, you know. Uh, Part of, the, part of the problem, I think, is everybody does backflips when the uh, draft is over. You know, our team did great. Our, our guys did great. Whatever, and and all it is is names on a piece of paper. And, you know, that's what I said about the quarterback position. You know, you could have, we can go over history and look at drafts that looked like they were phenomenal after draft week when was over, but they turned out to be complete busts because, you know, they didn't develop them. So it's all just names on a piece of paper. I you can't get too hung up on what your team did or didn't do on draft weekend, wait at least till the end of the first season to show it, show, to see if these guys show any promise or these guys have been,
3: uh, hopefully not complete busts. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, and going on to now the linebacker position, because this is a class that people are presuming to be a pretty deep linebacker class the lines are one of those teams that need linebacker. Now because Alex a free agent Jalen, Reese may have been currently a free agent. And the only free- Linebackers under team control right now is Derek Barnes, who they drafted last year. Yeah. Uh, I believe they have Anthony Pittman, and then I believe Tevante Beckett. So not too much talent there right now, and they could definitely use an upgrade there. Who are some linebackers that Lions fans can keep an eye out for in this draft?
1: Yeah, and Derek Barnes is a good player. Um, I, I think he's going to pan out well. I, I mean, round two, you're looking at a guy like Christian Harris of Alabama, smaller guy, but in a 4-3 system, he's a traditional weak side type of linebacker. Troy Anderson of Montana State, who was a terrific small school linebacker, had a real good week at, uh, of practice at the Senior Bowl, showed the ability to make plays in reverse, had a sensational combine workout. So he basically has melded all three things, the size, the production on the small school level, the ability to cover uh, during Senior Bowl practices, and, and then a great combine workout. You know, uh, Chad Muma, you look in, as far as day three is concerned, as a middle linebacker, Chad Muma from Wyoming, Terrell Bernard of Baylor, a very athletic, again, weak side type linebacker uh, in a four, three Damon Clark. Damon Clark is a guy I know a lot of people go crazy about from LSU. He's very athletic. He flashes ability. His instincts are a bit questionable. So you've got to check that out. And even later on, John Ross of Michigan is going to be a real good inside linebacker. I believe Michael McFadden of, uh, of Indiana, who's working out today, two down defender, uh, but a guy that I think will fill the middle well.
2: Yeah, you've mentioned uh, Damon Clark. Uh, Lions linebacker's coach, Calvin Shepard, actually mentors him. So that's that's one we're keeping an eye on. At, right? or maybe at pick 66, Is he, you think that's a little too rich for him, or that's where he's
1: predicted to go? Since his redshirt – after his redshirt freshman season. Uh, Damon Clark is a guy that I've liked since his redshirt freshman season. What happened was uh, he lost playing time as a sophomore because they had so many linebackers at LSU – He's a physical freak, and he makes a lot of flash plays. But I would say that anybody that watches on um, film, watch the instincts, because at times he's just a little bit late reacting.
2: Um. So Detroit also maybe need to swing tackle. They have Matt Nelson, but they can use upgrade there. So who are some swing tackles? Let's say on day three that maybe could uh could compete with Matt Nelson.
1: What do you mean when you say swing tackle? I'm so not- like
2: if Decker or Sewell goes on, they could start like a game or two. Guys that could come in and. Like your third tackle on a
1: team. Understand? I didn't know whether you were talking defense. Offensive tackle. Um, I'm sorry. I, I mean, there are a lot of good developmental guys. Kellen Deesh of Arizona State had a terrific uh, combine workout. He's an athletic guy, but he needs work on his game. I, I mean, any any player that you get on day three is going to be a developmental guy yeah. who may not be ready to play right away. Max Mitchell of Louisiana, Cordell Volson of North Dakota State, uh, Luke Tanuda of, of Virginia Tech. These are guys that, you know, you're going to bring them in uh, you, or if you draft them in the in day three and they make your roster, they're going to be third or fourth tackles that are going to need some development.
3: I believe that's all I got. Um, Tony, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, where could they find you at? Your Twitter account, your stuff that you write for, where could they find you at?
1: Yeah, Pro Football Network as well as the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Twitter, I am at, at Tony Pauline. As I tell
3: my wife, the easiest
1: way to find me is just Google my name, and you'll see where I'm at that day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tony, appreciate you coming on, and hopefully, we'll be able to talk again after the draft of the Lions. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks, Tony. Tony. Have a good one. All right, guys, hope you guys all enjoyed that episode with Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network. Got some more draft intel, some things that maybe the Lions could be interested in through the draft day, some free agency stuff. So hope you guys all like that and we'll obviously have some more draft content as we get to that final countdown to the NFL drafts. And with that being said, I'm out guys. Peace. All right guys, hope you're all staying safe. And I'm out. Peace.